Welcome to Running Is Bullshit. I'm Amy. And I'm Stuart. And you're listening to the podcast that loves to hate running. It's episode 23 and we've got loads for you again this time. Uh, we've got loads of your tweets. We've had a little bit longer than usual to gather those. Uh, we've got a fantastic interview with Ella Dove, another one of our wonderfully named guests. We're doing well for those. I know. We're sort of adding to this superhero thing we've got going on. We've got Max Carnage, who's obviously on the side of evil. Yeah. He's like the enemy. I think he would have kidnapped Ella Dove. Yes. And it's up to Hope Virgo to rescue her. <laughs> I think that's it. Perfect. We've got it. Um, so that's, that's a nice terrifying story of what can happen to you when you're out on a run. And we've got the usual bullshit running news and just loads of other things to complain about. It's been a good few weeks for complaining for me. Mm-hmm. So what have you, what's been your bullshit for the past few weeks? The one that really kind of got me, the, the little minor thing that's very a very running thing. Uh, I moved house a few weeks ago and I had to get rid of running t-shirts. It's always a stress, isn't it? You've got to, you've got to get rid of them. I have to have a clear out about once a year and get rid of them. Not even like race t-shirts, just like crap t-shirts I've bought for £2 in Sports Direct. Uh, see, I, don't, I haven't bought a running t-shirt in years and years. Um, I had to downsize from like one big drawer to like half a drawer. And I, got, I went through them all, uh, all the ones, you know, oh, I have to keep that, have to keep that, have to keep that. And then, okay, fine, get rid of. And I got down, my first kind of cut was down to 30. I still had 30 t-shirts. So, okay, right, I need to try again. I went through again, and I got it down to 21. And that, that's it. That's the bare minimum for me. I can't have less than 21 t-shirts, apparently. Uh, I think I've got uh, 14 I've put, like, in storage, because they're old, like, club ones or their football t-shirts. I don't want to get rid of, but I don't need. So they're kind of in storage under the bed. I got rid of 18 t-shirts. So that means I had, what, 60 t-shirts? That's too many, isn't it? That's two months worth, one a day. Yeah. You know, I think the thing that I do is that I, I do this sort out of my t-shirts and I find t-shirts at the bottom of the drawer and I think, oh, this is a really good quality t-shirt. This is great. I should wear this more often. Still rotate probably the same three or four t-shirts yeah. every time. Well, the thing is, you wash it, you put it back on top of the drawer, yeah. you go into the drawer, you pick up the one off the top again. Endless cycle. Yeah. yeah. So I've got, I've got it down now to only 21, which I think was pretty good. I think that's fantastic. So you didn't do that thing where you make it into a blanket. Somebody sews it into a quilt. I kind of like that idea, but I just don't want one. No, I'm the same. Whenever I see them, I'm like, yeah, they look really cool. Great, but I don't want one in my home. I've got got like two or three blankets and they're much nicer than that would be. So it's not a a nice material to have covering you. And the mismatched colours would drive me insane. Yeah. But when I see other people's on social media, I'm like, oh, that's great. Good for you. (laughs) Yeah. Just don't want one. No, no. Um, Also... uh, I was supposed to be doing a super sprint triathlon relay last week as well, but I couldn't because of my back hole. Uh, as we discussed last time, I, I had a cyst in my back that a doctor had to scoop out of me, and then I had to go to the doctor's. <laughs> You're right there. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, good. Swallow it back down. Yeah, <laughs> I had to go to the doctor's every day for three weeks to get the damn thing dressed and packed. Um, it's now fixed. Amy, would you like to see my back hole? Yep, yeah, it can't in, be worse than it was before. In so. the fine tradition of this show, I'll expose myself okay, to Amy. Okay. Oh, that's looking good. That's it's really looking good. It's just a like a little red. scab now. Yeah, a little scab. It's fine. So that's fixed now. But last week I couldn't do this relay because it was swimming in open water. And I just kind of mentioned to the nurse at one point, um, oh yeah, I probably won't do this triathlon swimming in open water. And the look on her face <laughs> told me that was the correct decision. She was horrified. You're she asking was like, for a parasite. She's like, no, no, don't do that. Yeah. So I couldn't do that, unfortunately. But I went along anyway uh, for my team. Uh, they did pretty well. Obviously, would have been better with me. Um, but what I did like on the way into transition, because um, someone was using my bike, and as they went in, they were checking the bar ends on all the bikes. I wasn't really sure why. And actually, one of mine had fallen out. And they were checking it, and they go, "Oh, that's missing one. We just need to cover that up and tape it up." 
I was like, yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, just out of interest, why do you need to do that? And he said, right, if you fall off the bike, if that goes into your leg, I instead think- of just bruising you, it'll go through your muscle like an apple core. I'm like, okay, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Fucking hell. I'm surprised you didn't know about that. I didn't. Yeah, I don't ride bikes, but I know that's a thing that you're supposed to tape up your bars and stuff. I mean, has it bars. ever actually happened, or is it just a thing that people say? It hasn't happened because people tape up their bars and I suppose their so, bars, you know? because people do it safely. And yeah, so I'm yeah. definitely going to get a new bar in for my bike. It's just like, okay, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, do that. Yep, no problem. Tape it up. <laughs> Shit, that's scary. Yeah, yeah, that would be an armhole or a leg hole rather than just a back hole. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't want that. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's mostly me. Oh, and I got stung by something on my ear on the way down here, so I'm not happy about that either. It's not directly related, but no. you know, it's something to complain about, isn't it? It doesn't look that bad either. It's just a bit red. All right. It hurts. <laughs> Thanks. What about you? Oh, you did the Reykjavik half marathon. I did do the Reykjavik. You know, half you, marathon. Oh, sorry. When are you doing the marathon? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> People need to get off my back. You know what? I said this about the ultra. I say this about this half marathon. I did hardly any bloody training, and I got through the thing. I ran the entire thing. It was not fast. It's the sl- I won't even tell you my time because there's no bloody point. It's the slowest half marathon I have ever done. But I ran that whole damn way. Well done. Good for you. I finished it. And you know what? It didn't feel too shit. I think because I just thought, right, Amy, run really fucking slowly because yes. you can't do this unless you run really slowly. So my ankles hurt a bit, but other than that, next day and everything, I was fine because I didn't push myself because I couldn't possibly. Okay. So, I gather it was quite nice. It was all right. Okay. I'm going to go through the pros and cons with you now. Okay, sort yeah. of race, breakdown, behind the medal, styly. I haven't listened to behind the medal yet, but I'm assuming this is what they do. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um... So, I've got some notes on my phone. I took the no- You know, this is how prepared I am. This is how much effort I put in this pro- to this podcast. This is how much effort I put into this podcast. I did these notes straight after the race. Wow. I thought, because I'm not going to remember this stuff. 23 episodes in, you've made some notes. I've made some notes Terrific. on my phone. And they're all a bit vague, so I'm trying to remember what they mean now as well. Um, so, yeah, Reykjavik Half Marathon. Overall, it was great. I mean, I think I mentioned this uh, on the podcast before. Really bloody expensive. Yeah, but Iceland be... is really bloody expensive, so it's to be expected. It's one of probably one of the most expensive half marathons outside of Disneyland you could possibly do. Um, you had to also the thing I didn't like particularly is you had to go pick your number up at an expo, and I know that oh. big marathons do this, but I'm not familiar with Reykjavik. It's the first time I've been. So, and we were driving from the north down to Reykjavik, so it was like a race against time to get down there, because it's a five to seven hour drive from the north. Mm. All the roads in Iceland are only 55 miles per hour, so getting down there, it was sort of a race against time to get down there before 7pm, because I misread the email, I thought there was somewhere to pick up numbers on the morning of, if Mm. you missed it, there isn't. You must be there before seven o'clock, or else you're not running, basically. So, and it was in this sports centre and it was a bit of a nightmare to get in in the car because all the car park was full, as you might expect, because there was a half marathon, a marathon, a 10k and then loads of like kids races yeah. going on all yeah. on the same day and everyone's picking up their numbers. So that bit, and you had to walk through the expo to get out, which was a bit, got some free socks though, not running socks, but yeah. sock socks. So I like socks. It was, it was worth it, yeah. yeah. Um, so that bit was a bit of a ball ache. Uh, and he felt quite out of t- out of town as well. It was quite far from the start line because 
We ended up, just by coincidence, getting an Airbnb that was right next to the start line. Nice. Like, I looked at the little map they gave me, because I had no idea what time or where this race was going from. Nice, well done. Amy's fashion. You've done no prep in any no, way for no, this no, race. No, 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 I had no idea where it was going. You, like, was enter the race and then just ignore yeah, it forever. Yeah, just turn up and think, right, how do I actually get to the start line? Nice. But when I opened up my little map and looked on Google Maps where we were staying, I thought, oh, that's lucky, staying on the same street. <laughs> Thank God. Um, but the expo was, like, quite far away from there, so it was a bit like, I don't know... It just felt a bit out of town. Anyway, so, yep, perfect Airbnb. Couldn't have chosen a better location. Walked to the start line. I walked to the start line, as is, you know, do you walk to a start line if you're walking and going to a race? Yeah. Yeah. Of course you do. Everyone was running. Actually, I saw that video. I thought that was I thought that was like a video in the race. No, and they weren't warming up because yeah, when you when you get closer to the start line, you can see people like properly warming up. People, yeah. well, they probably were warming up. Yeah. But what I mean is, when you go to like a race, normally it's people who look quite elite that yeah. are warming up. It's people who are going for a PB and you know, a club races or whatever. People were jogging to the start line. Yeah. It was the majority of people. Yeah, because I remember jogging. I saw that video on Instagram, and I I thought that was part of the race. I thought oh, Amy's just videoing in the race because yeah. she can't be bothered. Oh, no, that's the that's just people getting there. People were jogging. That was yeah. what? Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, I thought. I, I mean, re- it's cold there, perhaps. That's why. Yeah, maybe, and it makes sense because that's a bit of a warm up. I thought, mate, I ain't jogging there. Nah. I ain't. To be fair, they've probably done know. some training. To be fair, yeah, but it was the majority of people that were jogging to this race. I was like, what's going on? So yeah, the race itself is really well organised for saying it's a big city marathon. It was, you know, everything was fine. Um, the support was amazing all the way around. So people came out their houses. Well, actually, I say all the way around. We'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. The first 10k, because the 10k route as well took the same route and then just turned off mm-hmm. about a k earlier um, to come back into the city centre to finish. So for the first 10k, the, re- the support was fantastic because it was all residential streets. And there's people who had like brought out sofas and stuff, and like nice. <laughs> some people had brought out these sofas onto the um, onto the pavement, and then they had drinks and stuff for, for themselves, not for the mm. runners, just like drinks next to them, and it was all just quite chill. There was a guy playing an accordion. There were some good bands on the way. Yeah, there, there was loads of music. It was yeah. pretty much for the first ten k. It was band after band after band. Mm. There were some weird things. Yeah, some weird bands. So there was a guy playing an accordion. There was a separate guy playing like a trombone. Another guy like playing a trumpet. So people. Who were watching had brought their own instruments. Just along. busking on. Just, just busking. I quite like that. Yeah, that was cool. But there were some weird things. So, firstly, went through. Um, it was a big sponsor as well. I think it was Garmin or someone like that, and they'd set up these massive speakers that were like a tunnel over the over the road. So they surrounded the road. So I think it was really loud, and they were playing. Um, that Kanye West song, which the uncensored no. version... Whichever one it is. Well, the uncensored version, the lyrics aren't very difficult. It's just, you're such a fucking hoe, I love it. Right, like okay. that, over and over again. That's all, most of the lyrics. There's a censored version that they play on radio, but they played the uncensored version. The ring for this tunnel, okay, is, you're such a fucking hoe. I think, what's going on? I know it's not... It's not in an English, you know, in a country where English is the first language, but most people in that they, country they speak, all speak English. English. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was so bizarre. It was so loud. And it was, <laughs> kids were at the side of the road. Yeah. Just, they've got, yeah. they, they've got to learn it sometime. And then towards the end, so the first 10K was great in terms of support and the final 10K was just a slog. Mm. It was just this one road. I could see it when I actually looked at the race map <laughs> on the morning of. I could see there was this bit, but it was longer. When you were actually running it, it was longer. So for the final five miles, it was just running out and back, but it was such a long slog. Yeah. It's like one of the main roads. And yeah, the scenery was okay, but mate, it just went on and on and on. 
just went on. Like, I think it was about three miles out and three miles back. And it, so, oh. yeah, six, six miles. Yeah. Six miles of just running out and back. And it was all uphill, like a gradual uphill out there and then downhill on the way back. And it just, it nearly finished me off. I thought, I can't stand this anymore. It just went on. And every time I thought we were coming to the end, I could see more runners in front of me. I was thinking, this can't go on any further. We're out in industrial estates. You get that a lot with big city marathons, but right yeah. at the end, yeah. well, not even right at the end for the final six miles. I just do love when it gets like, oh, no, here's all the amazing landmarks you get to see. And then you just yeah. get to run up and down some shit streets and yeah. the industrial estates and around a stadium, which is yeah. actually really not at all glamorous. No, and it didn't actually go much through the town centre. I understand why, because they have a lot of tourists and it's very tightly, you know, packed mm. town centre, but it didn't really go much around there. Um, and then as well, coming back along the street, they'd set up this stage with this band playing, this is woman playing. I can't remember what song it was. I didn't recognise the song. But it was like a really like sexy love ballad. Like, mm. And it was like, I'll take off my clothes and you'll come over. And I'm thinking, this isn't very motivating. <laughs> it was quite slow, but it was really sort of provocative. And it was bizarre. Yeah. It was like really, the lyrics were basically, it was about like, come over and I'll take my clothes off. And it was just like, what? No. How is this? No, it's not Eye of the Tiger, is it? No, um, the last year at the Cardiff Half, in on the last mile, there's like a long downhill stretch is when you're really mm. going for it then. And there was, I think, like a brass band playing Robbie Williams' She's the One. <laughs> Which, again, not really what I'm looking for no, at that point. No, I mean, the rest of the music was fantastic. We did have Eye of the Tiger. There's always Eye of the Tiger, isn't yes. there? Um, and loads of people brought out their speakers from their homes mm. as well. So there were live bands, but then people had also dragged out their sound systems. That's a good idea. Um, and they'd all picked like pretty good playlists. And one person was, a live band was playing I Will Survive. Yeah. So, you know, that's kind of relevant. But overall, it's one I'd do again. It was good fun. The medal was kind Wait, of Wait, sorry, tacky. after all that, you like, yeah, you do it again? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would. You it just was... complained about it for about 20 minutes. You know what, though? Well, yeah, obviously, and then I'll do it again. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's just, that is what we do. That's the yeah. point of this podcast. Yeah, exactly. We're all idiots. I mean, the medal was kind of tacky. The t-shirt wasn't great, but... You know, yeah. there was a free entry to thermal to a thermal bath afterwards. Hey, so that's, I didn't use it, but yeah, yeah that's you know. Oh, you didn't use it. No, I didn't. Okay. I had to go home the next day, so I didn't use it. But it's nice. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it so, would have been nice. Yeah, it would have been nice. It was a nice thought. It was really expensive, but I think it would have potential to be a PB course. But it didn't feel it wasn't particularly overcrowded. Mm. It was, and there were hills, but as in like it was like constantly going up rather than a really steep hill that you have mm-hmm. to get over. And then you'd come back down. So, and it was obvious you, you could really feel it in your legs that you were coming back down. So, well done. Yeah, it, it could have been a PB if I'd actually trained for if it. You tried in any way. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's the Reykjavik half marathon. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was all right. <laughs> there we go. Good review. Um, speaking of things that are bullshit that I actually might do again, do you remember back in December or maybe the January kind of a show? I talked about a race called the Blorange. Which yeah. is up a fucking massive hill, and I was—I've never been more scared, like literally, honestly scared in a run. The schedule for next year's series just come out, and I've mm. gone. I might do that again. Yeah, and I can't believe I'm considering doing it again. Yeah, I mean, exactly. We—you like to have a good moan about it, yeah. but <laughs> I, but there's a series of eight races, and you have to do five of them to like get on the like final table. And I kind of want to do it this yeah. year, but oh god, the fact I'm considering doing that again just shows what a complete moron I am. I think that's part of the sport, isn't it? That's just what we do. Yeah. Doing awful things and saying, yeah, sign up for next year. Speaking of awful things that we like anyway, we've had quite a few backhanded compliments recently. I love them. Do you want me to have a go through these? Yeah, let's hear it. I think you'll enjoy this. Um, oh, first up, from Darren Wood on Twitter. Now, you might recognise the name. He's the guy who's run the most park runs anywhere in the world, like 700-odd. 
and he said he'd been introduced to us and thought, what is this shit? But after a few episodes, he's hooked. Um, now, to be fair, that's what we thought. The, the podcast was shit for the first few episodes. It was, yeah. It was a new podcast. We'd never podcast before. Yeah. Fair enough, Darren. I mean, I don't want to hear it, but fair enough. <laughs> he said he listened to the episode of Danny Norman and thought it was shit until Danny came on, and then it got better. Oh, fuck off. I'm like, <laughs> okay, thanks. I mean, there's, there's a nicer way you could have put that, but yeah. to be fair... This is kind of the audience that we have, so... Dar- yeah, yeah. Cheers, Darren. I mean, better keep that to yourself and just give us the compliments. Yeah. You know, that would be nice. <laughs> Speaking of not giving us compliments straight away, <laughs> Steph Hall emailed. She said, and she, straight away, she said, the only bad thing about the podcast, and I thought, well, here we fucking go then. <laughs> right, okay, thanks. She said, Amy and I sounds really unenthusiastic when we talk, but has since learned, quote... You are from the East Midlands, and I feel really comforted that other people have the same sad Midlands voice. Sorry. First of all, Steph, I'm from fucking Norwich, not the East Midlands. Fuck you. It's East Anglia. I said in that, when I said in that episode, I said, you're from the East Midlands. I'm from East Anglia. It's a different place. All East. <laughs> oh, so that pissed me off. Okay, yeah, Steph. Also, I'd never heard East Midlands accents being particularly sad. Steph. I am unenthusiastic about running. Yeah. I think we have established I mean, that is literally the point of the podcast. <laughs> but also, I have heard that before. I am from the Eastern Midlands, and there's not much going on in Leicester. So. I suppose it is a sad accent, because if you're from there, you're it's, just kind of sad. sad. Yeah. It's like, not as it, Leicester and Derby and Nottingham. Yeah, it's, it's a Places sad, like that. It's a sad, dark place. And I did have somebody from London say to me once, the reason why you all speak so slowly in the north, I'm not from the north, I'm from the Midlands, but in the north is yeah. because there's nothing going on there and everyone's so bored. <laughs> so, yeah. But yeah, I'm only enthusiastic with life and things in general and coming from Leicester, it sort of leaves a dark patch on your soul, I guess, that comes through when we're doing this podcast. Yeah. Thanks, Steph. Yeah, so that's been lovely. Thanks, everyone, for those. Really enjoying that. <laughs> Steph did go on. She had a couple more things. Uh, she got pushed out of the way by a generally massive and sweaty man <laughs> cutting a corner during a 10K. And she said, get a life, you prick. It's not 2020, mate. Oh <laughs> it's fair enough. Cutting a corner as in cheating, though. Probably, yeah. Oh. I know. Some people are balanced. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's also... Oh, a nicer thing. Vicky Dick. Uh, you might know from the Park Run show and with me now. She just bought buffs. So we like her. She said she loved hearing the Welsh accents of our guests. Nothing about is... our accents then. Well, no, because no. we've got sad accents. Okay. But to be fair, we've had some extremely Welsh people on the show, we like have. Hannah Phillips. It does not get more Welsh than Hannah Phillips. No, no, you listen to their lovely Dorset tones. Yeah. Well, mostly because our guests are Welsh, because that's where we live, and we're kind of lazy to get other yeah. people. So. And if they have a bad accent, like if you're from Birmingham, you're not being interviewed. Well, why would we anyway? No, exactly. Think how sad they would be from Birmingham. <laughs> oh. Do they even run in Birmingham? Isn't it just like industrial smog everywhere? And... Probably. <laughs> I don't know. Breaking news. Pinskin Man is back. Holy shit. Every time I see anything about him, I get so excited. <laughs> Though, as I've taken to calling him now in my head, Pinskin Man. Pinskinman. Yeah. Pinskinman. So that's what I'm going to call him. Pinskinman. Um, thanks to Nick Edwards, who spotted his photo <laughs> on the Facebook page for the Ridgeway Challenge 86 mile race. Uh, he was back again for another ultra, pinning his race number to his bare chest. Um, and as at Race to the Stones, he got to checkpoint two and pulled out. <laughs> he did 16.8 miles in two and a half hours, which is fine. Yeah. Decent going over the tough terrain, uh, and then pulled out again. <laughs> I think. He just needs to rethink everything about his strategy from his pinning his race number to his bare skin to everything else he's obviously not quite getting right. Yeah, Ivor Hewitt saw him at the race and said he was rubbed raw by 10 miles. Um, 
And also a shout out to Ivor there, who only knew he was running the 86 mile race three days before it happened. Gosh. And he still managed to get to 35 miles, which is not bad. Fair dues, Ivor. I, mean, yeah, I mean, you might as well go and give it a batch. Yeah, Good yeah. For him. I, I, I'm just loving this. I love that Pin Skin Man has become something of a, a legend. Yeah, but especially though, because he's not on social media. No. I can't find I think he's on LinkedIn, but I can't connect to him because I don't have a oh. premium account because I'm not a dickhead. Um, but he's not on Twitter, he's not on Instagram, I can't find him on Facebook. There's a few references to him running in uh, like some track races, like 3,200 metre track races for some reason. He went to Cornell University. Did he go to Cornell? Yeah, he's answered some, some questions on Quora. God. That's it, but that's all I know he's about a, he's, a, he's an American, Cornell in I don't America. know. He I must don't. be, if it's Cornell, that's like an Ivy League school yeah. in America. So yeah. Oh, mate. If we can uncover any more information about Pinskin Man, I mean, don't stalk him. Until please, yeah, please don't, like, send him messages and stalk his him. His running stuff. life, not his personal life. If you life. can some way link us to him, that would be terrific. Yeah, we'd love to interview him. The man, the myth, the legend, Pinskin Man. Do you think it would be better to not interview him and actually just have him as a legend? Yeah, that's the thing. You shouldn't meet your hero, should you? No. I don't, you know, I don't want to know why he pins his race number to his skin. Because there can't be a good reason. No. and There's, there's nothing yeah. he's going to say that makes me go, you know what, yeah, fair enough, good for you. Good move. <laughs> oh, God, but that, could, that has the potential to be the maddest interview. Oh, pins <laughs> Oh, I love it. Okay, so we talked about weather last week. We weather had, is bullshit. Oh, weather is bullshit. And we've had some people tweeting in. So, at Alison Farmer, moved to Galway and ended up running into a twister. Into a twister. Yeah, uh, there was a, a news article linked to it as well, and it was literally like a mini hurricane twister thing happened oh. on the coast of Ireland. And says, what kind of clothing would have been good for that? Yeah, people say, no such thing as uh, bad weather, just bad clothing. Oh. What kind of clothing helps you in a twister? I think one of those base jumping suits, you know? Oh, that well, like squirrel suit. Yeah, yeah that would be fun. launch you off. To be fair, no, you're right there. We'll take that back. But Alison, I kind of want to know more details about this. Did you get knocked off? Because I've been in strong winds, and they can yeah. feel like they're going to knock you off your feet. A yeah. twister, did you did actually knock you over? You know, there seems to be more of a story to that. Yeah. Um, Mark Atkinson, he signed up for a race in Fuerteventura in July, but the race was cancelled because it was 29 degrees. Now that wouldn't, that would be too hot for me, but that's not too hot. But it's a race in the Canary Islands yeah. in July. Yeah. Of course it's going to be hot. Yeah. And, and 29 degrees is not that hot. No, people really like Dubai and stuff. Yeah, like that and they cancelled that race. I mean, come on. Uh, it's probably a load of British people like, it's too hot. Yeah, <laughs> Which would be me. I, I had no idea it'd be hot in July in the Canaries. But I wouldn't enter a race in July in the Canaries. No. Or I'd just pull with it and be hot, you yeah. know? <laughs> exactly, get over yourself. At Tessa Kipsey, found some awesome advice for running in hot weather. Oh God, here we go. This is some like <laughs> science jargon. Yeah. Science is not my area. Um, so it includes spraying wristbands with antifreeze and using menthol. Is menthol in antifreeze? I don't know. No, I think it's a separate thing. So, yeah. like spraying a wristband with the antifreeze. Yeah, I don't get what that to cool fit. you down. I yeah. guess because it's cold. But then menthol as well. And there's, yeah. there's an example there. What menthol does for you? So menthol triggers thermoreceptors, eliciting the sensation of coolness without actual reductions in body temperature. So what that means is, if you're running and it's really, really hot, you feel nice and cool, but you're not. You're actually extremely yeah. hot, but you don't notice. <laughs> what sounds, the really, fuck? sounds really safe. <laughs> what kind of advice is that? So if you're really overheating, you're like, I feel all right. You don't. You're not all right. You're about to die. You're about to get heat stroke and you're not noticing. That's fucking terrible advice. Cheers, Tessa. Try to kill us. I think she was pointing out what shit advice that was, to be fair. 
Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. that is... Please don't do that. That's terrifying. <laughs> and the antifreeze thing, I'm not really... I don't think you should put antifreeze what? near to your skin. I don't think so. I don't think it should be anywhere near your skin. No. It's probably best... I'm not an expert. You know. At JMC88 remembered her first half marathon last October. She said it pissed down for two days, so the trails were a quagmire. As her first uh, half marathon on trails as well. Good for you. Mm-hmm. She was soaked to the skin uh, before she even got to the start line. And a shoe came off in the mud at mile three. I love when other people's shoes come off oh, in the mud. I've it's hilarious. To me. Oh, fantastic. I, not even during the first mile. I was doing a mud race. And it was, I was very new to running. It was my first ever race. And my shoes didn't particularly fit very well. And I just lost. I had to sit down and pull it out of the mud. And then sit at the side. Undo my laces. Put it back on. Did you get like the, the shoeless foot in the mud after it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah that's yeah. hilarious when you see yeah. other people doing that. I love it. Anyway, um, she said there was a half iron triathlon on at the same time, so she'd been constantly overtaken by one million people in wetsuits. Gosh, that's, that's, a a, that's a big race. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a two-lap course, and the temptation to quit after one and settle for a 10K medal was immense, but she didn't quit. Hey. She was very close to punching out the people ringing the bloody cowbells along the last half mile, though. The finish line was up a hill. Miserable as sin for two hours 40, but still considered signing up again this year. As we said, running is an illness. That's very accurate. Yeah. Running is an illness. It is an illness, yep. What is it with cowbells and triathlons? Well, just generally in races. I mean, I've got a cowbell. I take it to races and I ring it at the end. I don't know why, but it's kind of funny and annoying. <laughs> Whenever I go to like spectate a triathlon, they give me a cowbell. I don't want a cowbell. <laughs> I had loads of these cowbells on my desk for a while. I just took them all away. Oh, no. Like, yeah, I know. They're, they're fun, all, though. They're sponsors. But is it a tri- it's more a triathlon thing, isn't it, than a running bike? Mm, well, I thought it was a skiing thing, really. Oh, is it? Is yeah. that where it comes from? Well, well cows is where it comes from. But I know where a cowbell comes from, yeah. yes. <laughs> But have you tried, like, ringing a cowbell for more than, like, 15 minutes? Just destroys your arm. Mm-hmm. It's actually really yeah. hard to do, yeah. to keep up. I did it for a whole park run before, like, 45 minutes. It was horrendous. It is. You know what? Spectating a race is hard work. It's hard you work. like clapping and shouting. You just Spec- there we go spectating is bullshit spectating there's is an bullshit. episode in that somewhere we yeah. can we can squeeze 20 minutes out yeah, of that I'm sure definitely, no problem definitely. we also asked if anyone had run against any politicians and Nicola Kelly mentioned Theresa May hits the treadmill at her local gym what's she running from what's <laughs> well, she running from and she was what a bad person she is she runs on a treadmill she was like, and can't even, trust that kind of person but this blows my mind even when she was PM she marshaled at a local 10 miler in Maidenhead every year yeah that I mean, good. Oh, that's... could you imagine the abuse she'd get though? Yeah, I'm just the thing is that what worries me is like that's a positive thing about her, and I don't want to yeah, feel that way. Yeah, I know. Like it's nice as a politician, and that's you a ten. Be engaging yeah. with your local community, and that's a ten mile race, which yes, that's kind of a club race. It's not like a ten k, yeah. like a commercial ten k or half. It's a ten miler. So, but oh. let's be honest. Like she was prime minister at a time when, yeah, everything was. Kicking off. Yeah. I don't want to be marshalling a 10 miler and somebody yeah, at nine miles like, what the fuck are you doing? It's a running back. You would just like run past, like, thanks, Marshall. Thanks, Marshall. Fuck you. Yeah. Thanks, Marshall. <laughs> <laughs> I'd quite enjoy that, actually. Oh. I kind of want to go and do that race now. Yeah, but I mean, it makes me like Theresa May just a little bit more. Oh. Do you reckon Bojo's going to be there? <laughs> <laughs> let's not. Let's not. Just not. No. Shut up. No. Claire Evans, she'd be Ed Balls at the Wakefield 10K. Oh, poor Ed. Ed Balls. And Tom Martin and Matt Henson both ran in the Ponty Pool Park run we mentioned last time and beat Ed Miliband. Oh, so that's satisfying. Ed, beating all the Eds. But the, um, I think the winner of this competition of who's run with politicians and beat them is Liz Reese, one of our guests. 
formerly, of course, and the obligatory Liz mention for every show. Uh, she beat the former First Minister of Wales, Rodri Morgan, and his wife, Julie, who's also an AM. Uh, she beat them at the Cardiff 5K in 2016. I think, actually, this was Liz's first ever race, because that was 2016 when she mm. did Couch to 5K, and I think mm. we finished it with the Cardiff 5K. And so she walked the whole thing, but she sprinted down the finishing straight because she spotted them and wanted to beat them. you got to do it, Good yeah. for you. Yeah. You spot, like... Love it. Yeah, a politician, a politician, Theresa May, Bojo, anyone you got it. Especially the former First Minister. Um, and I've also discovered uh, I'm disqualified from this game because I said last time I beat Stephen Kinnock in a race. He was actually only a candidate at the time because I checked because I'm that kind of person. So I don't count on this anymore. No, you don't. I beat an AM, but no one knows who AMs are outside of Wales, so no one cares. So next up, we have our interview with Ella Dove, which was pre-recorded, so I'll be quite quiet throughout this as I wasn't there. (laughs) Since Amy is enjoying our holiday in the sun, sea and sand of uh, Iceland, uh, it's left to me for a change to do all the work. And so I'm speaking to our guest this week, which is Ella Dove. Thank you very much for talking to us. Hello, you're welcome. Um, so first of all, uh, we did cover your story a few episodes ago, but we'll get to that soon. If, first of all, if we can get perhaps a little background to you, an introduction, kind of the type of runner you are, how long you've been going and that kind of thing. So to be honest with you, I am not really a natural runner. Um, so I am not that sporty. Uh, I was always the one that was like picked last for PE at school, um, just sort of go to the gym half-heartedly, more of a swimmer than a runner. Um, But my sister is super sporty, and so she would often be like, I'm going out for a run, do you want to come with me? So that's kind of my basis in running, which is not very much. And I see a lot of people say, a lot of people that run is always say, well, I'm not really a runner, I'm not a proper runner. But if you're out running, I think you are. I think we could admit that. (laughs) <laughs> I mean I didn't even go out that much, that often that's kind of the irony of this um yeah. what actually happened to me I kind of didn't really it wasn't even a regular form of exercise I probably had only started doing it a few months before that um just because it was nice weather and it was better than mm-hmm. being on a treadmill so yeah so you hadn't got into races or anything yet no I, well I did do one and maybe we're getting slightly ahead of ourselves but I did <laughs> I have done one um since I became an amputee in 2016, but it was only a 1K, so it was quite small. Well, there was a spoiler alert a little bit for people that didn't hear before. Um, So (laughs) let's go into that then. Let's go into the story that you've doubtless told many, many times. Yes. Yeah. Sorry for the spoiler. So, yeah. So the story is in 2016, I was out running, um, hence why I'm talking to you guys. Mm -hmm. And I was out with my sister, as I said, she was training for a 10K. So she decided to rope me into going along with her. Um, And we were just out jogging in our local area in Stratford in East London. Um, And on the way back, I tripped over probably about five minutes away from home. And I knew immediately that something really, really bad had happened. My leg was at a really weird angle. Um, Obviously, the pain was excruciating. And when I got to hospital, um, basically, they realised it was far more than a broken bone. I just assumed I'd broken my leg, first of all. Um, But it was a lot more serious than that. Um, And the blood couldn't get through to my foot from where my knee had twisted. It dislocated. Um, and I also had a really bad fracture. 
So the blood couldn't get through to my foot and it meant that after about three days of trying to get the circulation to start again, um, I had to have my leg amputated below the knee. So what did you trip over? Nothing. <laughs> Literally my own feet. Um, oh. Many, many runners do. So I guess a lot of people have said to me, God, I'm never going running again after I've told them this story. Yeah. What I will say is that it was a real freak accident and I'm hypermobile. So I, I'm like very bendy anyway. So that probably made it worse, which, you know, worse than other people doing it because my knee sort of hyperextended before it dislocated. Ooh. So while I don't want to say I don't want to put people off running by this, I do kind of want to scare them a bit because it's one of the reasons we've got you on because it's fun. And we've talked about falling and injuries so much but i think this perhaps even puts it into a little perspective you know people complain about the little injuries they've got could be a lot worse could be yeah could be I mean, didn't i read that even like the surgeon that saw you couldn't believe you'd just tripped while running yeah he'd never seen anything like that before um i've since heard of someone who did a similar thing playing football um and tripped over but um yeah and also someone who fell off a horse but that's probably a bit more dramatic than tripping They're over. a bit more understandable than just yeah. your own feet exactly yeah and I mean I am very clumsy anyway but obviously that's taking it to yeah apparently so. <laughs> okay so how long was the recovery period so um I went into hospital and I as I said was in intensive care and I had three operations to try and save my leg and then the fourth one after a few days they were like no we're gonna have to amputate so I was in hospital for about six weeks and then I went back to my parents house um in Kent so that I could be looked after because I was in a wheelchair for four months so that was like a really horrible time because I couldn't obviously like I had to wait for my knee to heal before I could get a prosthetic leg so I had four months of being in a wheelchair which was horrible um and then I went to a specialist amputee rehabilitation center um in London in the October so, so the accident happened in May 2016. This was October 2016. So from May to October, I wasn't walking. And then in the October, I got my first prosthetic leg at this specialist centre. And then, yeah, gradually learned how to walk again from there. And then any part of that, did it ever enter your mind that I quite fancy going for a run again once I get this sorted? Or was it I'm never doing this ever, ever again? <laughs> at the beginning, it was I'm never doing this ever again. Um, it wasn't until about a year after the accident, because also the amount of people that said to me, you know, I'm 28 now, I was 25 when it happened. The amount of people that said to me, oh, um, you, you must be going into the Paralympics because you're young and fit. And I thought, I haven't had a personality transplant. Like, no, I'm not going into the Paralympics. Um, and actually it pushed me the other way where I was like, well, no, I'm, just because I'm young doesn't mean that I'm automatically going to be some sort of like, you know, professional athlete it pushed me the other way and then after about a year there wasn't really a trigger as such I kind of I wanted to get fit again because from being in the wheelchair I'd put on quite a lot of weight because obviously I wasn't moving probably comfort eating as well so I kind of started going to the gym started doing bits and bobs and then I thought oh actually like it would be quite fun to try out a running blade so mm -hmm. it kind of went from there really um and my prosthetist um, I had to pay for it because you can't get, unless you're um, under 18, you can't get a blade on the NHS. But my prosthetist made me this running blade and it was really fun. Um, I can confirm it is super yeah. fun. It's very bouncy. You feel like Tigger. It's great. 
because it's one of those things I'm just seeing the picture of your kind of I guess your standard prosthetic and there is just something about them that's just really cool isn't there you see the prosthetics now and the blades especially and they are super cool oh yeah whenever I put it on I do feel like I like I'm just like I'm so fierce look at me um I do feel great and also it's so lightweight as well the blade is so much lighter than any other prosthetic leg that I've got because I've got quite a few legs I've got probably about five or six legs now in total building it I like from going from like having one leg I've now got more legs than I could ever have dreamed of but yeah the the blade especially is it's so lightweight and you just feel like I almost feel like when I'm running it's my good leg letting me down in a way and that's why sometimes when you see in the Paralympics people who've got two two prosthetic legs two blades sometimes can be faster than someone who's got one of their own legs still Mm. so yeah so you have managed to use it in anger in a race yeah yeah so I mean only as I said only the 1k race um but it wasn't really a it wasn't really a race it was kind of so there's this um event called the superhero series which is like mm-hmm. a disability triathlon and you can do it in teams so I did yep. a 1k run and then someone else did the swim someone else mm-hmm. did the bike so it's kind of like I say race it's not super competitive it's more just like wow. you know an inc- a fun inclusive event for everyone yeah yeah uh, do you have any plans to to carry on mm, at the minute being honest I'm in a bit of a running lull I haven't really done it for a while partly because the blade so your stump changes shape over time and I think partly the blade doesn't properly fit me anymore so I'm a bit wary about causing damage by running too much on it mm-hmm. I do still take it actually after this interview I'm going to take it to the gym and go on the treadmill so I still do that at um but I don't necessarily run outside I get a bit scared running outside for obvious reasons um, yeah. to really psych myself up to actually do that and I always prefer it if I go with someone because when I'm on my own it makes, I feel a bit sort of vulnerable in case I fall yeah yeah um have you run on that canal path again um I haven't run on it I've walked on it okay. <laughs> Um, I haven't taken the blade there. Maybe I will one day, but I've been back there. It was quite important to go back there, I think, just to like prove to myself that it wasn't, you know, that it is just a path and it could have happened anywhere. And also, first of all, I went back there to see if I had tripped over anything, but I hadn't. So there was no way I could get any money out of the council, sadly. Oh, no. Okay. (laughs) What kind of reaction does the blade get at the gym? Does anyone comment on it? people do look at it but not in like a weird way like it's more in like an impressed way which I obviously quite like so it's so strange though how my perceptions change because at the beginning when I first had a prosthetic leg I hated people looking at me because Mm. I just wanted to blend in I didn't want people to be staring at me you know I just it made me feel really kind of self-conscious whereas now when people look at the blade I'm like yeah I've got a blade look at me cool yeah, and it kind of sometimes makes me want to run a little bit faster, like almost mm-hmm. off slightly. <laughs> Maybe that's bad to admit. No, no, nothing, nothing wrong with being a bit competitive and showing off. That's absolutely fine. <laughs> so from this, I think you were a writer anyway, a journalist yeah. beforehand. And from this kind of experience, you've uh, written a book. I have, yeah. So yes, Tell us about that. So it's my first novel um, mm-hmm. and it's called Five Steps to Happy. Um, available now <laughs> from all good retail outlets, Amazon. You've got to get the plugs in. There's no problem yeah, with that. All the rest of it. 
Um, and it tells the story of a girl that loses her leg. So the main character has the same accident as me. So she falls over out running. Um, but from then on, it's fictional. So she is she not. Does, she doesn't then write a book about the experience, does she? And then, no, and then no, so on and so on. A bit, a bit too much like Inception. I okay, think. okay. Yeah, yeah. But no, so she, from then on, it's her recovery journey, but it is then fictional. So her story is different to my story. But yeah, obviously the basic idea would never have happened if I hadn't fallen out, fallen over while out running. So silver lining, I suppose. Yeah, so you might as well get something out of it. Yeah, exactly. And I've always wanted to write a book. I've always yeah. wanted to be an author. So obviously you said I'm a journalist. So, you know, I love writing. It's my biggest passion. And I'd done a creative writing course a year before the accident, um, like an evening course about it was called like how to write a novel. So I was I was kind of going in that direction anyway, but it might not have happened quite so quickly. I think like obviously it made it it happened quicker because I had that sudden idea, the sudden burst of inspiration. Yeah. And I guess as a journalist, you've been able to use this story to kind of you've get, you've got some really good publicity for the book now, haven't you? Mm. On the back of the, kind of on the back of this kind of incredible story yeah uh, you've also made it's a great platform for you to kind of launch your book you've been yeah. doing the rounds recently quite well I have been trying my best yeah I've been obviously wrote for the magazines that I work for which is Good Housekeeping, Red and Prima magazine yeah I've done a few papers I've I was on Lorraine the other week which if anyone wants to watch that on ITV player they could that was really fun so yeah it's it has kind of opened up this whole world that I didn't ever expect would have happened from having a really awful accident yeah and is this your is this your first podcast no okay um it's my first it's yeah I mean it's my first podcast specifically about running well there we go I'll take that we can we can say that we can say that I haven't done that many I've done a bit of radio Mm -hmm. um and then I've done uh, one of my friends has a podcast so obviously I was on her podcast and um, that's all about friendship so it was a completely different subject um, and then one about journalism too so you've, you've got a first there. Okay yeah I was gonna say friendship journalism no that doesn't reflect on us very well at all to be honest it's, no. it's not what we're about. It's all about <laughs> running. Um, and how bad it is um so that's great so you said you haven't really got any plans you kind of you'll do a bit more of the gym but you've not really got any plans to continue running I think that'd be a bit of a shame I think it'd be good to go out and show off a little bit I might do one day I think I need to get my blade like fitting mm-hmm. properly first and yeah I don't think I'm not very competitive so it would never be a kind of like let's train for a marathon kind of vibe mm-hmm. it would probably be like the odd 1k <laughs> maybe like maybe 5k maximum maybe a park run that would be perfect be a park perfect run. community yeah yeah that would be good actually I've heard good things about park run yeah 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 absolutely fantastic community there um so go on give us one more plug for the book and then I'll, I'll let you go <laughs> then you head off to the gym okay so yeah well yeah the irony being that I am actually going to get my blade out and go to go on a treadmill so, uh, yeah, so it's Five Steps Happy by Ella Dove. It is out now on Amazon, Waterstones, all good bookshops, in fact. I'm told that many bookshops will order it in for you. Um, it's on Kindle. There's an audio book if you want to listen to me introducing it. I don't read the whole thing, unfortunately, but I do introduce it. There's also a German audio book if anyone speaks German. Nice. to hear it in German. Um, I don't, so I have. It might not even be my book. I don't know, but could I, be I, anything. Yeah, it could be anything. There's something in German, and it's either way, you get money, so that's fine. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they can say what they want. It's 
fine. Okay. <laughs> That's great. Thank you very much. And uh, good luck at the gym later on. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me on. And we're back. And thanks very much to Ella Dove um, for that terrifying story of just going for an innocent run by the canal. And I think that's probably the only time I'll ever encourage anyone to run on a treadmill. So hopefully she does that. And perhaps she does get to a park run at some point as well. That'd be lovely. That's maybe why Theresa May is sticking to the treadmills. Yeah, she knows. She knows. She knows the dangers that are out there. <laughs> Over to Twitter now. Uh, just some random tweets we've had in. At I am Vic has been in touch to say the TomTom Tom Sports app is bullshit. Oh, it is, yeah. I've never used it, so this is all news to me. Uh, they say that it's always making unwanted observations, like your last very long run was slower than average. Of course, today's run was slower. It was about four miles longer than my last one and hot as hell. Wind your neck in, TomTom, you just mental bastard. Yeah, I used this uh, a little bit recently because I just kind of borrowed someone's watch for a couple of things. And I noticed that as well. Like, you record a run and it'll say like, oh, it's a little bit slower than usual. All right, yeah, because it was a slower run. And you're not meant to get faster every run. No. Like you're meant to do some runs how... slower. Well, most of you run slow and the other ones fast. Surely that's... Even I, who don't train. Maybe. Yeah. At Vicky GPN replied, and she says she agrees, and piss off TomTom. She says, my appendix burst five weeks ago. Yes, I'm running slower and not as far. Now bore off. <laughs> I think the Garmin is quite okay about those sort of things but the watch does tell me to move after I've done say 50,000 steps when I did yeah. my ultra marathon I did an ultra marathon by the yeah, way yeah, we know. Um, I was lying in bed delirious from lack of sleep from being on my feet for eight hours from running god knows how many steps it beeped at me and told me to move yeah like bitch I've been moving all day don't <laughs> beep at me and is, he threw it out the window is there also the one that like I've seen people they like cycle into run club for like 20 minutes and it says mm-hmm. you now need to rest for 16 hours like, <laughs> so, no wait I'm gonna do something now just yeah. shut up hang on at I am Emma says she just had her first sports massage ouch WTF but she also said, our podcast cracked her up so much on the way back that she's forgotten about the pain already and she'll probably go again. Keep up the bullshit work. See, that's how you write a compliment. Yay. Thanks, you know, Darren and Steph, you can pay attention to that. Something that was shit that happened to you, but here's a nice thing about us. That's what we yeah, want. Yeah, we made it better. Yeah. It's not no backhander compliment no. from Emma. Thank you very much, I Emma. I must admit, though, I've never had a sports massage. Well, you haven't done anything, though, have you, really? <laughs> you haven't done anything to do with training or being okay. a runner. <laughs> I used to train very high mileage, okay? I'll have yeah. everyone know. I was never a fast runner. I used to train very high mileage. Um, I got injured, probably from not having sports massages and training yeah. too high mileage. Yeah. And I've just gone the other way now. I yeah. just hardly run at all. So, yeah. Yeah, I did have sports massages up to, like, the beginning of this year, and I can't really afford it that much anymore. And, they, yeah, they do fucking hurt. I think, yeah. I don't know if they help or not. It kind of feels kind of good. It hurts, but it kind of feels like a good way. Yeah. And I used to have an Irish lady that beat the shit out of me and talked to me about films I hadn't seen, so that was fun. <laughs> that sounds terrifying. That sounds like some sort of torture message. Memory. Well, yeah, she'd go on like long rants about Wonder Woman or Harry Potter or something like that, and it passed the time quite nicely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at Tias Tias, I don't know, 2709, said, Ever since I listened to you guys, I'm always on the lookout for weird runners. Alas, no luck so far. Where are they? You know what that means. You're the weird one. You're the weird one. And also, you're we, the weird runner. Don't be focusing your energy on other weird runners. We need to focus on Pin Skin Man. And yes. <laughs> we need to solve this mystery first and then we can move on, okay? Do you think this tweet is like running around with no top on, with like a phone <laughs> stitched to his arm, like, Where are all the weirdos? I can't see them. <laughs> It's because they're all running away from you. <laughs> You're the weird one. Sorry. Bullshit. 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 
reviews. British triathlon <laughs> athletes Jess Learmonth and George Taylor Brown, I ignored it this time, I haven't even mentioned it, not distracted at all, they were disqualified from an Olympic qualifying race because they held hands over the finish line. Oh. That, yeah, I mean, oh, but it's really funny as well. It's, it's not, but it is. Um, because they contrived to tie rather than compete against each other, they were both disqualified. And this race, yeah, it was an Olympic qualifying race. They were first and second, like we've both qualified, in the bag. Let's celebrate together. We've worked all so hard together. Celebrate over the line together. Both disqualified. Celebrate afterwards. <laughs> celebrate after. Don't, don't hold hands over the line. Just finish well, the race. It seems to be a thing in triathlon, doesn't it? Like if they finish with yeah. loads of time, they'll grab a flag and they'll have a little walk over the line, yeah. like showing off a bit. But they yeah. obviously thought they'd do it together. But got if, disqualified. Yeah, if it's just a qualifying race. I mean, I know, no, I know no what they're saying. But yeah, just race against each other till the end and yeah. finish. Um, or just let one finish ahead of the other. But you should yeah. know the rules. You should know you're not allowed to do that. Yeah. I mean, I'm saying this now. You're probably not going to believe me. But if I was an Olympian, I would look over all those rules. I know people won't believe me because I don't even look over the show notes. No. But if you... <laughs> Dude, yeah, you are saying, if I was an Olympian. So you can say what the fuck you want. Well, if I was an Olympian, I would just do this. I would say, if my career relied on me winning races, I would know that handbook inside out. Yeah. You know? You'd like to think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This is similar to the Brownleys in 2016. Uh, did you see that after like one I can't remember which one they're interchangeable as far as I'm concerned one just like massively hit the wall it was dehydrated and hit the deck and his brother came along after him and picked him up Mm. carried him towards the end and then because he kind of knew the rules he knew he could do that but what he knew you weren't allowed to assist someone over the line so he got there and shoved him over the line Mm. to make sure he got second place to make Mm. sure I think he won the series overall uh, which he was allowed to do but they immediately changed the rules after that Uh, to make sure you can't do that which is kind of fair enough actually because you shouldn't really be helping each other because it is an individual race yeah 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 you're racing against each other the the whole idea is you're all competing against each other so you're not competing if you're holding hands walking across the line are you yeah and actually something I didn't realise until recently I was reading something about something entirely unrelated but in the Olympics it shouldn't be about countries it was never meant to be about countries competing against each other it's supposed to be individuals competing against each other apart from things like relays but in terms of like especially the track and field it's supposed to be individuals and nationality shouldn't come into it at all so you shouldn't really be running as a team anyway I get that though because in in, um, in like a final heat you often have like three people from one country or mm. something especially if it's a particular sport that one country is very well known for so I get that yeah mm. A new 100-mile world record has been set by American Zach Bitter, who did it in 11 hours, 19 minutes, and 13 seconds. Fuck. So let's break that down. So that's 100 miles. Each mile was done in 6 minutes 47. Oh. On average, an average pace of 6.47. Oh. I did um, I did that mile race a few weeks ago. I did it in 6.19. And that was pretty good for me, considering I'm unfit. Yeah. So he would have been... Hundred times over, a bit slower. Hundred times over. A hundred times over. I know, I know. And it's probably yeah. I don't know what his splits are. Probably there's probably the Strava data somewhere. Yeah. But I mean, I've seen some people who are running ultras, and you think, damn, their average is really fast. They must be starting off really fast and sort of slowing down. But no, they're they're. Well, I think this is a world record attempt, so I think this is probably on a flat it, course. He was on a track, I think. I think really? the picture. On was a on, track. I think the picture was him oh. on a track. So. Maybe I'm wrong there, and, and he finished on a track, but I'm sure the picture of him is on a, an indoor track. He might be outdoors. Um, so the 5K was done in 21 minutes and 6 seconds. 21 seconds. I'm assuming that, that's an average, yeah, over the... 32 and a half of those. Yeah, 21 minute oh, 5Ks. <laughs> Jesus. Um, and mar- nearly four marathons in 2 hours, 58 minutes for each one. 
That's fast. That is just disgusting. That's fast. I mean, I suppose if you're doing it on a track, it's kind of easier in the sense that you haven't got the elevation things like that. But that's but it's on a track. That's ridiculous. Mentally as well. Yeah. How, that's disgusting. How I mean, good for it? you, but fucking hell. That, no. is, that is gross. Right, Amy, you, you would know for injuries, yeah. as you are very constantly injured, um, I, we have now learned, I realised this the other day, the British Journal of Sports Medicine, the best way to recover is no longer rice. I knew this. Oh, did you? Well, I didn't did know you? this completely. What no. I knew was that the latest thinking is that inflammation is good for you. Yeah. So it was rice, which I like that it actually said it evolved. It was ice and then rice and then price and then police. I never heard that one. But I think rice was rest, uh, ice. ice. I love the fact that... Compression. Yeah, compression, elevation. Yeah. yeah. I love when it was ice. The first I stood for ice. <laughs> so in ice, it stands for ice. But rice is the most well-known. Everyone yeah, rest, knows rice. Yeah, rest, ice, compression, elevation. Mm. And now, do you know what we should be indulging in? Peace and love. Aww. Which is... That's horrible. I hate it. It's yeah. so bad. You know, so, right, let's go through this. We'll give a little guide to recovery from okay. running this bullshit here. Okay. Immediately after a soft tissue injury, do no harm and let peace be your guide. <laughs> I mean, this isn't like a wanky um, website. This is the British Journal of Sports Medicine is saying oh, this. God. So, peace. Protect, elevate, avoid anti-inflammatory modalities. <laughs> I've got modalities. Catchy. Yeah. Compress and educate which kind of seems to be like for therapists and videos to give more in education to athletes. These are, some of these are a bit, at least with rice, it was quite straightforward. This is Whereas a little contrived. Elevate and compress. Yep. Protect. Yep. protect yep. I'm like, protect, I kind of get, does it mean, but I mean, that obviously. can be interpreted in different ways. Yeah. What do you mean by protect? Avoid, Avoid. anti-inflammatory modalities. Okay. What? Okay, so, yep. And educate. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. Who are these instructions? Because rice was pretty much instructions for the person who was injured. Yeah. You know, what to do? This seems to be like for like if, if you said to me, seeing a physio. Yeah. Peace. You got to educate. I'm thinking about what? Like. Uh. Well, that means look it up on Google and find out what to yeah, do. Yeah. Educate yourself and find out. Means, oh, I've got you know, hamstring cancer. You've got a rare is, bone cancer. <laughs> which is what Google always says. It will kill you in three days. So after the first days have passed, soft tissues need love. Uh, they need load, optimism. <laughs> <laughs> vascularization oh and God. exercise optimism it's all, that's, that's me it'll be okay yeah. go on this run I think that's a very bad thing optimism's a bad thing when you're injured so if you're injured I need to put load on it I need to be completely blasé about it <laughs> I need vascularization okay and I need to exercise that's pretty much what I'm doing already. It doesn't people, work. People are going to do this. They're going to be injured immediately afterwards. This is the thing. I can understand. Don't tell people if they're injured you need to exercise. Don't tell them that. I think I can understand where this comes from. If a professional physio yeah. is reading this, they can think, yeah, when you're ready, yeah. this is what you have to do in this quantity. Yeah. You know? And working with a professional athlete who's taking this seriously yeah. and isn't a dickhead like most runners. Like if I had read that after I had my serious knee injury, I thought, great, I could just go out for a run in three yeah. days. Load it up. <laughs> yeah, I'll, load I'll start it up. doing some weights. I'll be optimistic about it. I'm pretty sure I can do a squat PB oh, this week. I love that the second word's optimism. Just, yeah. just think positive thoughts and yeah. it will get better. <laughs> and then they were like, V, V, oh, we need something to do with blood flow with V. Vascularization. People know what that means, don't they? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I mean, everyone I know who's a physio knows what that means, so I'm pretty sure that would be fine. I think they've managed to, by trying to make it easier, they've actually overcomplicated it because 
I'm no scientist, as we've established, but what I think this is drawing on is the fact that people are saying now that inflammation is good for you. Yeah. And it's good to allow an injury to be, to be inflamed because that's part of the healing process. Yeah. That's fine. So let it be inflamed. Don't focus so much on anti-inflammatory stuff like medication and icing. Um, that's the take-home message. And mm. then speak to a physio because you don't know unless you're a physio and let, you know you don't know what to do so speak to a physio. But they've got this really kind of contrived acronym to, to replace rice. And I think it's just too far. It's a bit like classic NASA who will go to any lengths to name something a really ridiculous thing so they can call a satellite like cool or something like that. This is an acronym for like physio students yes. to remember what to do not for people who are injured because how do you interpret this yeah <laughs> you know? oh amy i've got a bit injured what should i do load it up peace and love <laughs> peace oh and love. there we go cheers amy <laughs> cracking hug we've got a story of the week as well yeah, this, this is another one that i haven't looked at because uh, i refuse to give it the clip. i looked at it what publication do we think it's from do our listeners if you're listening at home or in the car or i mean already everyone has already said it yeah you all know the story of the week this week is 15 things that happen when runners hit the gym, as told by the office gifts. I have looked at it. Uh, you don't. You never put the link in the show notes, but I always no, I don't. have a look. Are... It's part of my prep. It's funny because um, we've been re-watching The Office. Uh, so we've been watching like five episodes a day. and I'm re- The American Office, I'm really enjoying re-watching Aww. it. Because I haven't seen it in ages. I really like The Office. Mm. But uh, these sort of listicle gif reactions... It's awful. I hate it. Leave this shit on Twitter. Yeah. And to like shit people's blogs. Don't put it on Runner's World. Guess what it was from Runner's World. Yeah. And it, and it ruins the, the office in a way. Because I don't want to see those jokes out of context. And for some shitty... It's really contrived and convoluted thing about... And 15 about, things when runners at the gym. Look, oh, a runner doesn't know how to use a piece of equipment properly. Here's a gift from the office of someone looking confused. Well, who's getting anything from that? And so many runners also are in the gym for cross-training. It's shit, yeah, but it's not that relatable anymore. No. Like, oh, I don't know how to use the equipment. Oh, I only know how to run, I can't use my arms, which to be fair is true. <laughs> yeah, that's so, true. Yeah, okay, we'll give them that one. Uh, well, right. There's a gif of someone from the office looking sad. I didn't Great. I didn't read the entire article. I got like so many gifs in and I thought, you know what, this is going to ruin my rewatching. Yeah. So it's 15. It's always loads as well, isn't it? It's never like five. Is it just like they get interns in, they thought, oh, well, we just need to give them something to do. Well, they they churn these things out, don't they? They have yeah. staff writers or, or, or freelance writers who just do this and they get paid per article and they just God. churn them out. That's why I don't give them the clicks because I want them to be fired so they I can go and do something else. I want to look, though. No. <laughs> oh, I think that is pretty much it for this episode. We've got through a lot of things to complain about that, didn't we? Yeah, I we thought did... this was going to be a fairly short episode, but... So what are you going to do, be doing in the next few weeks? <laughs> Maybe cardio half. Well, you've trained for a half now. <laughs> Not really. Well, you ran a half. That means you can do a half. I haven't run in like a week, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I put in bracket shrugging emoji. That's my sort of emoji, my go-to emoji at the moment. Because I'm always like, ah, yeah. who cares? That's my attitude it's your home one, you can walk there. There's loads of support. And there'll be loads of people from our the club that you don't is, know anymore. I think what bugs me is, usually when I go to Cardiff Half, I go having trained. And I go thinking, right, let's try and get a PB. And normally I do quite well. I normally get like a bit of a PB or I... I never duck below my maximum sort of half marathon time. But this one I know will be slow and I know I can't go fast and it's frustrating. So, I don't know. I can do it, but it's whether I want to do it and do it slowly is what I'm deciding. You've already paid for it, though. 
You paid a shitload uh, of money for yeah, it. But just, just go and do it. Oh, I know. Uh, it's like 40 quid now. Yeah. You might as well do it. But part of my ego as well, because I know I can run faster, is when people are like, you're doing so well. I'm like, I know I'm not doing well. Don't patronise me. <laughs> looking good, looking strong. No, I'm not. This is way below my normal speed. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have you know. Yeah, so I don't know. Um, maybe cardio path, like you said, I paid for it. Maybe, maybe I'll just go and I'll try and run as fast as I can. And if I have to pull out, I'll, I'll just blow up and yeah. pull out. That's well, I, I would be there to support you, but I'll be at the Loch Ness Marathon, not doing the marathon. Well, I, mean, I never entered that to pull out because I'm not an idiot. Hmm. I'm just going to support people and just I, to explore. This was supposed to be my year of distance. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was supposed to do. An ultra marathon, you did. which I did, but I was supposed to properly train for it. Mm. I was supposed to do a marathon because I thought if I'm training for an ultra, I may as well do a marathon. Well. And then get a PB at Cardiff Half because I've been training for all these things, <laughs> so I'll be in tip top condition. And it's gone completely the opposite way. Yeah. I think I just put too much pressure on myself, right? Yeah. It's just too much stuff. So, yeah, yeah maybe Cardiff Half. I'm, I'm very blase about everything now, very peace and love about everything. Yeah. <laughs> just relaxing, <laughs> letting things become inflamed. You need to be more optimistic. I do, I do. What have you got coming up? Well, as I said, I did all right at that mile race. 6.19 is, I think, my slowest mile, but considering I'm injured and not fit, that's okay. So I might do another one next week on the track. Mm. Um, There's the Welsh Road Relays. That might be quite fun. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'd be going doing that. But I think that's pretty much it for races for me now, unless I do some of these fell races Mm. for the year. But I'm kind of done for races now, I think. I'm just not fussed anymore. I think, yeah, we're both just like, who cares? Who gives a shit? I know. Uh, races are bullshit, as we know. But well, maybe it's actually worked on us. This podcast is actually Has made it us really it depressed, <laughs> depressed about really. It's having to listen to our sad voices so much. It's, we uh, tell people don't listen to these podcasts one after another. Don't binge them because you'll never want to. Yeah, again. we do. Yeah, we are actually doing it. <laughs> it's seriously affected us. Wow. Yeah, you've pointed that out. Yeah, we're nearly a year in now, and it's uh, it's both our running has gone seriously downhill ever since we started. I think it could be the curse podcast so we stop running we come off the podcast new people take over for us they stop running it's just like an ongoing curse we'll just ruin it for everyone and Eventually, Pin Skinman never stops he's the one constant <laughs> he's the one constant in our lives Pin Skinman uh, if you want to get in touch with us if you have seen Pin Skinman <laughs> you know about him please let us know send us pictures if you've seen him in the wild don't actually that's <laughs> that's really weird that's irresponsible don't take pictures of strangers <laughs> At Running Is BS on Twitter, you can search Running Is Bullshit on Facebook or email runningisbull at gmail.com. Let us know what bits of running are bullshit for you and feel like a big deal for getting read out on a podcast. That's satisfying, isn't it? Yeah. Sign off. Sign off. is a new 100-mile world record has been set by American Zach Bitter. Bitter? Zach Bitter, we're saying. Is it just bitter, do you reckon? Yeah, prob- yeah it's bitter. Yeah, bitter. It just says bitter. Bitter. I don't know. You're so bad at names. I know, I know. Why I can't know. you read names?